Uh, good morning, everyone. Joining us this morning from the Juno Economic Development Council is Brian Holst. In the first part, we're talking about tourism and a working group JEDC has been has focusing on the industry. Brian, tell us about who you brought to join us this morning. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Kevin. Great to be here. Uh, Liz Barlow is with uh, with us today. She's the director of operations at Alaska Above and Beyond, which is a um, important tourism operator here in uh, here in our region. Uh, she's also the co chair of a visitor products cluster working group, which we'll explain a little bit more, but that's a that's an industry-led group that focuses on needs in the in the visitor industry and JDC where we've, we've supported um, groups like this and this particular group for over 10 years now. Now, Liz, take a moment to familiarize us with Alaska above and beyond. I understand the company has been around a while. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it's actually above and beyond Alaska. Above and beyond. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, another commonly known as ABAC. So a lot of people just know us as ABAC. We just celebrated 20 years of operating this past um, summer, which is super exciting. We opened in 2002. Um, Becky and Sean Jeans were are the owners of Above and Beyond, and they have a passion for guiding. And so they opened up a guiding outfitter. So we specialize in small group wilderness adventures. Our main operating areas are glaciers. So we access the Mendenhall Glacier via canoeing or hiking via the West Glacier Trail. Um, Bears, So we also access Pack Creek and Waterfall Creek and whales. So we offer a little spin to their average whale watching via a kayak. Additionally, a lot of people know us as a kayak shop that is located in Auk Bay. So we offer kayak rentals, paddleboard rentals, and lessons out of our Auk Bay location. And how long have you been with the company? I was with the company since 2018. Oh, so before the pandemic. So before, yep. Uh, that, that must have been a wild ride for you. Yeah, yeah. How did, how did that go? Um, you know, we survived, <laughs> which oh. is awesome. Um, so like every company in Juneau, you know, we had to adapt um, our operations. So sadly, in 2020, we did not open or operate. Um, 2021, we did open and operate. We had a very limited team. We only had about... 10 employees, so we had a limited basis, but it was felt really great to get back into it in 2021, essentially get our feet wet. And then this past summer, we were able to operate at full capacity, which was awesome. And, and so even as a small tour operator, you guys were impacted as well, huh? We were, yes. yeah. And I, th- this is something I've been wondering with, with operators after the pandemic is, We've known of the challenges. We've heard of the challenges these past two years. But are there things that came out of the pandemic that perhaps stuck or maybe you saw opportunities for? Yeah, definitely. Um, so as like people know, like the challenges that all companies face was workforce and housing that seemed to be very across the board. Um, so and that is also as we get more into talking about the visitor cluster working group is one of our initiatives. Um, on the ABAC side of things, we had several opportunities that we've been able to grow and expand into. Um, in March of 2022, Alaska Seaplanes actually finalized its purchase of ABAC. And so it's been really amazing to work alongside the Seaplanes team. They're just an awesome group of individuals and continue to grow um, ABAC and our offerings. We've been able to expand our BEAR program, which has been great. And we've very much look forward to the future. 
Other, you know, opportunities that have presented itself was we worked very closely this summer with the Juno Carbon Offset. Um, they're a local organization here in town um, that creates opportunities for heat pumps installations for low-income housing. So each installation actually eliminates about 500 gallons of heating oil and saves about $1,200 in yearly bills. So ABAC this summer, um, and we look forward to partnering with the future as well, donated $1.50 per guest that went out with us to the carbon offset. So that raised about $8,000 in the fund. So different opportunities that we are as like everything's coming back is where we can continue to grow, but also give back to the community throughout um, our own operation. And so and conservation is another, another, uh, another opportunity for you yes, guys. Yeah, yeah. So our environmental, um, we believe, you know, education leads to environmental conservation, and all of our guides are actively trained um, in an environmental policy. And also, as we have seen with the Mendenhall, the recession, that's an active part of our tour too. Wow. Yeah. Now, on hearing from tour businesses here in the region. Brian, tell us about the council's work group on visitor products. I understand it. I understand it seeks to do just that. Exactly, and, and what what it represents is a cluster-based approach to economic development. And so, what a, what a what a cluster is is a it's a set of firms in a um, in a specific industry that shares a similar geography, shares the same labor force, shares market, shares customers. So, so for example. Uh, I think we can think of the visitor industry, we think of mining as an industry, um, the oceans product industry, seafood, arts and culture. And what's really important about the cluster-based approach is that we, we recognize that those industries that bring in money from outside, right? That's, um, it's critical to our economy because that's what helps us to, to grow as a, um, our, our economy. The coffee shops in the world are super important, but in order to grow our economy, we need outside resources. So that's why we focus on, on clusters, and tourism is really important. It's the, um, in the state of Alaska, it's the second largest private employer, only behind oil and gas. And in our region, it is the um, largest um, single employer in terms of just number of jobs. So really, really important to our to our work. So that's why we 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 have the the cluster working group is to be able to help the industry um, to identify what their challenges are and to strengthen them so that they can operate more effectively in Southeast Alaska. Now, Liz, you're a member of this group. I understand you're the co-chair. Uh, What's the role for participants of the group? Um, yes, that's correct. I'm the co-chair along with, um, we have another co-chair, Jamie Palmer, which is with Alan Marine. Um, the role of the participants is to lend insight and also bring, you know, new, different views um, to the different initiatives that we have. And essentially they split up into the different initiatives and work together to um, work on the objectives of those initiatives. Mm -hmm. So it's great to have people from all over Southeast Alaska. This isn't just a Juno-based thing. This is, you know, we have Ketchikan, Sitka, Skagway, Haines from Southeast Alaska and um, bringing in those different insights from their communities is extremely important. And Brian, what spurred reconvening this group? Well, the group, well, the group has been meeting in some fashion since um, 2011. Uh, during the during COVID, uh, you know, during uh, 2020, there wasn't um, the focus was elsewhere. The focus was really trying to get relief and support and business to try to keep keep them going again. Uh, we did we did start meeting again last year, and every and we meet during the 
slow season, right? During the the winter months, generally, because in the summer months, it's just too too hard to get folks together. But it's a it's a group of um, all the initiatives are are led by uh, industry members, um, as well as the 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 group invites in perspectives from other stakeholders. The decisions are made by the industry groups, but they're informed by uh, by partners that are stakeholders that are impacted. And that could be local governments, they could be uh, the Forest Service, for example. You can imagine in Southeast Alaska, people come to our region because they just love the outdoors and they wanna access the outdoors. And in order to access that, those um, those locations, we the tourism industry needs to have a good working relationship with the Forest Service because they are the ones that own most of the land um, in our region, for example. So those are important partners in the work, but the work is focused around the private sector individuals and companies. And so the information from this group would be taken to those entities, right? And to, to inform them, well, here is what we're doing. Here's how maybe you could help. Is, is, is that the goal? It is. The way the, way the group uh, works is they determine what are key initiatives that are important to them and then work on them. So for example- Yeah, what are some of those key initiatives? Yeah. So for example, I'll just start with one, like the small small cruise tourism is, is an initiative. Um, and in that, it's the interests of the small cruise operators in our region. Small cruise operators are really important because uh, per capita, those visitors spend a lot more and they have the ability to turn around in our community. So large cruise ships, the passengers get on the boat and off the, off the ship, you know, outside of our region. For the small cruise operators, uh, many of those um, start and end here in our communities. So those have outsized impacts. And so this group is looking at what are some recreation opportunities for for those visitors on small cruise operators? What are some of the needs that they have when they're in port? How do some um, small ports that maybe don't um, have the capacity or don't want a large cruise ship, how can some, a small community um, successfully meet the needs of 100 passengers or 200 passengers and become part of a destination. Those are some examples of some of the some of the topics that the small cruise um, initiative work on. And I, I had wondered, is there any focus on winter tourism? I, I, I know independent travelers is a big focus. Yeah, definitely. Um, so winter tourism is actually another one of the initiatives. And, you know, the goal is to develop or retool the existing, you know, products and encourage tourism during the winter months. As we know, the bulk of Juno tourism is during the summer, as you said. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with working with local organizations, especially, you know, Eagle Crest is how can we market Juno more to be that destination in the winter? What products do we have available to develop that strong winter tourism um, market and diversify you know in addition to that you know within the tourism winter tourism it helps grow into in a way a workforce retention you know you have your summer employees do they have work that they can stay in juno and work in the tourism market through the um, winter as well so make the work a little less seasonal you know make it more year-round which you know Mm -hmm. benefits you know it has more year-round residents and so just diversify a little bit more are, are there other initiatives that they're looking at, Brian? Yes. Uh, another initiative is uh, workforce housing. So housing, mm-hmm. as we know, is a huge challenge in not just in Juneau, but throughout our region. And it's a huge challenge in the summer months when workers come to meet the needs of the tourism industry. So they're, they're exploring uh, different ideas. An idea that uh, they're actively looking at is, 
you know, is there a you know demand or need for some some uh, like dormitory style housing for um, summer employees? So the idea would be that uh, we help to we help commercial operators to have a place for their seasonal workers that that you know think college students and um, et cetera that come up for the summer to work. Those workers need to find a place to stay. And what happens is then some, well, they need to find a place to stay. And so they sometimes displace um, local residents because a commercial operator has to rent a house for their workers, but then the house is only available then to locals in the winter. So we think that there could be some possibility if some commercial house, if some housing was made available just for seasonal workers for the summertime. It might ease demand. It might, it, yeah, it might help local residents as well as help commercial operators. So that's an example of a of an initiative of another initiative that the group is is looking at. And, and so again, they're 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 discussing these and just moving forward their thoughts. That's 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 the role of this group. Great, and coming up with mm-hmm. proposals. In fact, in that particular one, they're working on a specific design of a modular um, unit that could be built in Juneau or Skagway or Sitka or Ketchikan. Yeah. And so it's fair to assume that this group meets, like you mentioned, during the winter months. So, what's ahead now for for this group? Well, there's there's a couple other initiatives. Do we have time to mention a couple? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, if you've got more, a couple, couple more. Yeah. Right? You know, another. Yeah, I mean, another one that we have is you know um, very similar to you know workforce housing. In addition to that, staff recruitment, retention, development. As a lot of businesses all across Juno this past summer saw. Um, where were all the employees at? So we're trying to develop a framework for career opportunities and education with local operators, schools, and other organizations. Um, how can we get more locals involved with employment and tourism so we don't have to hire out so much um, and also explore the development of relevant training such as a guiding academy or certifications or courses or you know that we can offer incoming employees and making it a career showing them that the, this is a career and retain them year after year another another initiative is uh, around cultural tourism and it's, really, it's focused on the appropriate integration of, of native heritage and culture into tour packages. So visitors want to, uh, want to see the beauty here, uh, but more and more it's, it's clear that people want to understand you know, who this place is, right? Uh, what's the history here? What's the current culture, uh, native culture here? And so to do that in a way that's appropriate is uh, really important for the tourism industry. So they have a working group Looking at, you know how they how they get the proper training, um, et cetera, to deliver those. Yeah, and then another one that we have is increased access to lands for outdoor recreation opportunities. So this is working with stakeholders such as the Forest Service and local operators operators to make permitting process for both existing and new recreation activities more accessible, um, and also building or maintaining the appropriate infrastructure to facilitate sustainable growth within the lands and that also ties into kind of we found a lot of these niches start to tie into each other so this one kind of ties in back into the small cruise development and then uh initiative uh referred to as shared value in the visitor industry this is also about um encompasses regenerative tourism but it's this um it's this recognition that tour operators have is regenerative tourism right it's so that tourism produces value back for the communities that it is working in uh, sort of what is the so sort of uh, the recognition that uh, more purpose perhaps um, can be added into tourism recognizing that the impacts of of tourism on our community matter 
and that those impacts, if, if we could, uh, if we're smart enough, these are all positive impacts so that the community um, can benefit from the economic benefits of tourism, but also have um, other positive benefits as the as the industry operates so yeah i'm really happy we don't we don't choose these initiatives these are the initiatives that members of the industry you facilitate are, are, we, mm-hmm. we support them mm-hmm. but these are their what they think are important for their work going forward mm-hmm. yeah and then our, kind of our last one which is, seems to be consistent across every year is our advocacy so outreach engagement so it's continue outreach engagement and advocacy to improve awareness and understanding among the public, including the local, state, federal officials of the visitor and recreation industries, impact, positive impact on local communities, diverse assets, and the importance of the industry within the regional economy. Well, is there anything you either of you would like to add about this group before we go to a quick break? Just, just that uh, this is a working group of, of, of members of the industry. If you are in the industry and somehow you haven't heard about this uh, group and you'd like to participate, contact us at the uh, Juno Economic Development Council, and we will uh, be happy to include you. The, meet, the group meets every, every month, and the meetings rotate around the region, but there's always a Zoom option, so wherever you are, you can participate. Very good. And wherever you are, we'll be right back. And we're back for a brief moment because I heard that the Innovators Hall of Fame nomination was extended again. Brian, what's up? Yes, that is, uh, the Alaska State Committee on Research is still looking for um, uh, more nominations for this year's group of Alaska innovators. So, you know, take a, take a moment and think about those inventions um, that are important in your life and if they're connected to Alaska, uh, we have an opportunity to recognize those innovators. And remember, we also, um, they recognize uh, I- inventions from, from before, from, so for example, the traditional halibut hook was an invention, uh, you know, credited to the Clinkett people, to that has been recognized as, in the Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. they're not looking just for current in, innovations and inventions, but even inventions. Examples um, of the in the past. Correct. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and where do folks need to go to submit? It, nominations? There is a yep. It goes to the uh, State Committee on Research website. It's at the University of Alaska. Uh, so just Google University of Alaska State Community Research Innovators Hall of Fame. You'll find that. There's a link on our website at JDC as well. And also another program you guys got going over there, uh, First Robotics. I understand you have a tournament uh, coming up. That's right. We have a couple tournaments. On, on Saturday, there's a high school tournament at Thunder Mountain High School. Come out and watch, support the support the teams. It's really fun to watch the high school uh, compete. And if you want to volunteer, it's never too late. We can always use a few hands uh, to volunteer. And on December 17th, the following weekend, we have the uh, first Lego League, which is the uh, upper middle school and uh, upper elementary school and middle school competition. And that competition on the 17th is at the Juno Douglas High School. And so please come out to that. And again, also, if you want to volunteer, there's space to volunteer as well. Very good. Well, thank you for wrapping us up this morning, Brian. Great. Great to be here. All right. And thank you for listening. This is Kevin Allen for Action Line signing off.